Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105-1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. You can tweet us throughout the show at AWOD Radio or at 910 The Fan. Joining us right now on the Hadeen Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's our guy from the DMV covering all things college hoops, making the cut with Mook. It's Marcus Washington. What's going on, Mook? Hey, what's happening, my man? How are you doing today? Good. Were you at Eagle Bank Arena last night? No, I was not. I was at uh, Georgetown, uh, St. John's. Try to catch up with it uh, this morning. Watch the game and an incredible, incredible win for, for George Mason last night. Yep, so you were at Georgetown. They've now lost 11 in a row. Is Ed Cooley making a difference? Well, I think he's making a difference behind the scenes as far as building the program and building the program the right way. It's just hard to build a program and people to see um, the strides this program has made when it's not showing out on the floor. The one thing I will say about Georgetown last night, uh, St. John's gets up to a, um, a big lead after a lethargic start from Georgetown, and you know this as well as I do. At this time of the month, a lot of teams pack it in. There was no pack-in from Georgetown last night. It was down by as many as 21. They had it down to two with less than a minute left. So there's still a lot of fight left in this team. They have five more games. I would think the definition of success out those five games is two and three or three and two. But I think what this season has shown is um, where uh, Coach Cooley and his staff will make improvements and just simply how far this program needs to come. Mook, let's talk a little Big Ten for a second. Everybody talks about the Big 12 being the best conference. Big Ten feels like one of the worst this year. Uh, Michigan's terrible. Ohio State can't win any games. Maryland's lost two straight. Indiana's having a down year. You got Purdue and Illinois at the top, and even Illinois just lost to Penn State. What are your thoughts on the Big Ten? I think the Big Ten um, is living a little bit off reputation right now because I'll be honest with you, I might be a minority in saying this, but Purdue, I'm not sold on them either. I have not seen Matt Painter be able to do this and run his things and run them effectively once we get to March when teams can hyper-focus on their actions and what they like to run. Illinois is not trustworthy whatsoever. The way they gave up the game the other day was in incredible fashion. I'm sure people who gambled on that game was pulling their hair out on how how they gave up uh, the Penn State game. But I do think that Big Ten is down. I don't think this is one of these years where you're going to see the Big Ten get in eight, nine teams. You know, we've seen that before. Um, And because they're so unpredictable, like you brought up Michigan, but Michigan State is is also wildly inconsistent. Uh, Maryland, at, at times, they bring their offense to the arena. At times, they leave it in their dorm. So I wouldn't expect much out the Big Ten uh, this year when we come to March. But again, with Purdue sitting up there, I'm sure a lot of people are going to stick them in the final four of their brackets. Yeah, no, it's a good point about Purdue. Everybody knows uh, Zach Eady, but, yeah, they were upset uh, last year in the NCAA tournament. Do you have your eye on any any mid-major team that you think that could make a run and be this year's Cinderella team? 
Honestly, it's your definition of, of, of mid-majors. Obviously, when you look at a team like Florida Atlantic, who um, certainly can make a run, you, this might be a little bit of a personal bias because I'm from the Commonwealth of Virginia, but I'm certainly keeping my eye on James Madison, yeah. a, a team that got a big win earlier in the year against Michigan State. Uh, a team, you know, they have their last four games on the road. I'm sure they'd be hyper-focused when they get to their conference uh, tournament. And you know how things are when it comes to March. They're going to end up with one of those teams that's going to be like, oh, this is James Madison. And they're not going to realize that you're not playing the name. <laughs> you're playing the kids on the floor. And I think, you know, depending on matchups uh, in March, they're one of those teams that might be a popular pick to get out the uh, the first weekend as a mid-major. No, that's a great point. They won their seventh game in a row last night over Marshall. What are your thoughts on the Atlantic 10 Conference? Richmond at top 11-2, and two, uh, but with Joe Lenardi's latest bracket, they're not in the tournament. The Dayton Flyers, now third seed, but number 16 in the country, are in. Is this going to be a two-bid league, three-bid, or one? I hate to... Uh, break it down like this, but it really does depend on uh, what happens in Brooklyn. It could be one, it could be three. I could see Dayton and Richmond playing in the finals and, and Richmond winning and both teams go. And then you get two teams in there. The team that scares me in Brooklyn, I'm going to be honest with you, is UMass because UMass is playing at a at a rate right now that they could go into Brooklyn and kind of ruin some people's seasons, <laughs> you know, because of how well they play and how physical they play. When you're playing back-to-back games, even though the A-10 does give you that odd Friday off, they can wear you down. And I would not, I would not ignore what George Mason is doing right now. Tony Skin has the exact team that he would like. He can throw the ball inside to Amari Kelly. He has a versatile guy in, in Keyshawn Hall, the UNLV transfer. And then he has a backcourt. Up here in the DMV, it's amazing with all the talent in the DMV. We don't see too many good primary ball handlers at the local schools, but George Mason has two with Polite and uh, Okoji, and Okoji was terrific last night as a freshman. You could see that team going up to Brooklyn and getting to the last day. George Mason could win the Atlantic 10 tournament, so then it goes back to it. Now are we a one-bid league? Are we a two-bid league? It's a one-bid league probably if Dayton wins, but like you said, it could grow to three depending on what happens around the country. Yeah, obviously I, I like VCU's chances. They always seem to put it together when they get to Brooklyn and play in the championship game on Sunday. I totally agree with you about UMass. Uh, St. Bonaventure as well. You know, they were a team that was uh, picked to finish near the top, uh, but they're sitting as the seven seed, just seven and seven. Let's move over to the ACC. UVA gets demolished by Virginia Tech, but I wouldn't be shocked if UNC came to John Paul Jones Arena and left with an L. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Virginia, there are two things that Virginia can do that will certainly boost their chance of winning. One, take advantage of the freshman point guard in Elliott Cadeau. Even though North Carolina is doing a lot of winning and they've been inconsistent of late, Cadeau will still turn the ball over four and five times in the game. He had five turnovers in his last game. That's somewhere where Virginia, with how they play defense, the team defense, and their concepts, they could give him a lot of problems. The other thing is Blake Buchanan. Blake Buchanan can give them huge minutes on Armando Baycott just simply by making them work, making them wear down. You know, there are always questions about Baycott's motor. It's, it's dogged them since he's a freshman year. If Buchanan can give Tony, you know, 12 minutes, 13, 14 good minutes of being able to um, – 
the guard Baycott. We know this is probably going to be a low-possession game. North Carolina doesn't force pace the way they used to under Dean Smith or um, some of the other coaches. They're willing to slow down, and that accommodates Virginia because Hubert Davis has made this a defense-first team, or at least he's tried to. So the pushing isn't as much. And to your point, because of that, a low-possession game could end up in Virginia's favor, and you're right. They could come out with a win. That would get them within about a game. They're two games behind North Carolina and Duke. That would certainly put them within a win of, of North Carolina, possibly one or two wins of Duke, with a trip to Durham next week. Mook, before we let you go, who's the best college basketball player in the country this year? Is there a best college basketball player in the country? I think Caitlin Clark, right? Be, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think Player of the Year is going to uh, end up being Zach Eady. I, I just feel like because we don't have someone overwhelming that's kind of truly dominant, dominant. Um, it's a very easy vote to say, hey, Zach Eady, he's a guy that's been in school. He's a senior. He's been dominant in his games in the Big Ten. And I, I just have a feeling that's where the vote is going. How about Hunter Dickinson? I would love to see Hunter win it. <laughs> I would love to see Hunter win it. But Michigan, uh, Kansas, just the hiccups they've had yeah. um, throughout the season, I think, ends up working against Hunter. Mook, always appreciate you taking the time, man. Where can people check you out? Uh, just come to mtcwithmook.com. You will find all my work, all of the stuff for my YouTube channel, all my game wrap-ups, everything that you can get with me, you can find there. Well, thanks so much for the time, man. No problem. Thank you very much. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM and always available on the go with the free Odyssey app. Just search 910 The Fan to hear me Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. It's AWOD and Stubb hanging out here in Richmond, Virginia. I, I did want to mix it up a little bit, Stubb. We've been focusing heavy on the NBA and college hoops here. Uh-huh. Uh, you want to talk a little TV, movie, and entertainment? We can we can talk a little TV, movie, and entertainment. Let's do some Netflix. Netflix. The best of streaming services. TV, movies, books, podcasts, and more. We've got you covered on Netflix. Alright, Stubb, I'm going to take a guess here that your friends being Marvel superhero fans. No. None of them are superhero friends? Not at this point. Really? No. All right. Well, uh, let me just continue. Okay. I, I I believe they would probably suggest you watch this TV show, and you probably shot back and said, I don't watch TV shows. Have your friends seen The Boys? Yes. You have, you you have seen it? perfectly uh, uh, described an interaction I've had with at least three of my friends right? and my dad. Exactly. Your dad. <laughs> yeah, my what did we call him? Senior Stubb. Senior Stubb. we got to get Senior Stubb to call back in because The Boys Season 4 premieres in June. And you're just sleeping so hard on this show. It is so good. It is wildly entertaining. It's graphic as hell. It's like everything that guys like. I've thought about it more than most shows. Right. I'll say that. Like, I've considered putting it on more than I consider other shows. Okay. But you're kind of just out on superheroes, it seems like. Uh, At this point, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty done. I think The Boys is the good version of superheroes like there's yeah, the bad version like a, madam web there's the good version the boys season four so i wanted to bring that up first on netflix second uh ferris bueller 
It's getting a spinoff movie. Whatever. Everybody loves <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. One of classic. my favorite well, movies to watch if I'm sick or faking sick. I, right? <laughs> just always good. Used yeah, to watch it as yeah. a kid. Even now, I'll throw it on. You know, just a classic 80s movie. Uh, John Hughes' Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Well, David Katzenberg is best known for his work on The Goldbergs, an ABC series that's not very good, is attached to be the director of Sam and Victor's Day Off. Now, this will follow the two guys from the movie that took the Ferrari on a joyride from Cameron... Cameron, Cameron Fry, they took his car or his dad's car on a joyride in the movie. Well, this is going to be a whole movie spinoff based off what they did in that 1986 classic movie. Does all that right. get you fired up No, at all? not even a little bit. Me neither. <laughs> but uh, I will say that those those were good actors that stole the, ca- that stole the car. Yeah. Do you remember who it was? It was definitely a guy that plays Machete. What's his name? Oh, Danny Trejo? Yeah, it was Danny Trejo. But I don't think Jan- Danny Trejo is going to be in this movie. Yeah, unless John Hughes is attached. I don't even know if John Hughes no, is he's, still he's alive. Not. Oh, yeah, he's not attached to it. I know that. Uh, Jurassic yeah, World away. is set to be reboot and has found a director, David Leach, apparently fell through. Gareth Edwards has gotten the job. Yes. He did Rogue One, The Creator, and Godzilla. Rogue One, that's like a four out of five stars for me. The Creator... A lot of people hate it. Yeah, it's, I, I saw haven't that checked one. That it out that yet. Was a two and a half star. Okay, and Godzilla, which I watched last night, which is a crazy coincidence. Really, I watched for the first time last night. What did you think of it? Uh, it was a, it was a three out of fiver. Okay, uh, I know I was yelling. Remind me, sh- did you see Godzilla minus one? Yes, that's the one I love. That's, that's the one I kept telling you about. That's a four and a half. That's a four and a half. That's a four and a half. I still want to see that. Is it available yet? Uh, on the A1 theater, I'll, look in, I'll, I'll start looking into it right now. Um, the 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 one I watched, the 2014 Gareth Edwards one. Uh-huh. I don't think I like any of Gareth Edwards movies, but this <laughs> one, I was making fun of you for saying this earlier. There's too much talking. Should be giant lizard fighting people. That's Ooh. what I want to see when I watch a Godzilla movie. And okay. and minus one has a lot of talking, but it's an interesting story. Yeah, that's. And what there I've is heard. also still more Godzilla than there was in this one. So the movie will reportedly not feature characters from the previous films like actors Chris Pratt and Jeff Goldblum. They're going to go away from those guys. You know what's funny is my dad called me the other day. He goes, Adam, have you ever seen Parks and Rec? It's a pretty good show. (laughs) He goes, Chris Pratt is almost unrecognizable. I was like, yeah, he was like chubby back then. Until the last two seasons, post-Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, right. But it is funny how they picked out just a random character from Parks and Rec and James Gunn saw something in him. That's why James Gunn is such a great director. Godzilla minus one is not streaming anywhere. You're gonna have to keep waiting on that one. Uh, right. That's just gonna be tough. It's because it's it's a Japanese film, yep. so streaming rights are a bit harder to grab off of that one. I, I do want to say shout outs to Coach one more time. I'm now through five episodes of <laughs> yeah. the miniseries Griselda, starring Sofia Vergara as Griselda Blanca, uh, Griselda Blanco. It's it's like a nine out of ten. It is so freaking good. It's okay. the female version of Narcos. If you liked the first season of Narcos, all about Pablo Escobar, you will love Griselda. I mean, it's just action. It's betrayal. It's cocaine. It's it's freaking very good. All right, very good. Yeah, I uh, I have plans. I think tonight or at some point this weekend, there's finally a good looking movie hitting theaters. At least in my opinion, called Driveaway Dolls. Okay, you heard about this? No, I haven't. It's the newest uh, movie from Ethan Cohen. You know the Cohen brothers. Yep, yep. So they they've been split up for a while. I Matt believe- Damon. 
Hello. Yeah, it's a good cast. Pedro Margaret, Pascal. Yeah. Oh, I'm all in. Yeah. You Mar- know I'm the biggest Pedro flan on, yeah. on the planet. I love Margaret Qualley. I love the Coen brothers. I think this is the last soul Coen before okay. they come back to do another brotherly movie. And it's uh, it's just kind of like a like a road trip movie. Wait, so what is this bit? So they split up to do solo films? Yeah, they've been doing solo films for a couple years. Really? Just doing their own thing. Uh, but I believe that they are coming back together after this one. That's so interesting. Their, their, their solo stuff is not as good as their duo stuff. They're just unbeatable together. So what would you say is, is their best movie? A lot of people would probably, what, No Country no for Country Old, for Old Men? Men would be The Pick or Big Lebowski. For me, it's Fargo. I'm oh, obsessed they with did the Big Lebowski. Yeah, they did the Big Lebowski. I do love the Big yeah. Lebowski so much. But those are the top three. I, I think they could interchange, but I just love me some Fargo. Burn after reading. Great. Loved it. I kind of wanted to burn after watching <laughs> Brad Pitt as the, little, as the gym instructor. <laughs> I thought that was weird. Wasn't that the movie where they had like the weird scene about goats? No. Are you sure? I don't think so. It's Maybe like that's... No, that's the men who stare at goats. Different movie. <laughs> Similar cast, though. Similar cast. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, Burn After Reading is the one where... Uh, what's his name? Brad Pitt's running around like he's... Yeah, hands yeah. On it's fire. Like John Malkovich yeah. is... Yeah. Frances McDormand, one of my favorite actresses. <laughs> it's not... It's so not, I'm excited. Uh, not Driveway terrible. Dolls. There's finally a good movie, hopefully, coming right, so out So this theaters. is going to be in theaters. Yes. Driveway this, Dolls. It's in theaters today. So give us give us a brief explanation. It's it's just like a like a road trip movie, uh, okay. a couple of girls going on a road trip. I I haven't watched a trailer for it. Okay. It or I did like four months ago. I just know it's Ethan Cohen. So I do. I'm I always say I love to go see a movie without watching the trailer. I, yeah, I know you said it. it's it's hard when I go to see so many movies and the right, trailers you, play in front of me. Yeah. Not, I, I don't look. Th- I never watch a, a trailer on YouTube ahead of time huh. but if it's in front of me i'm not going to close my eyes and cover my ears in the yeah. theater <laughs> yeah no you're right about that um so we we broke down true detective season four uh-huh. i'm watching griselda right. on netflix i'm about to finish those two i need a new tv show to check out you're against tv shows i just love like a once a week watch like that's why i'm excited that's Survivor why i'm excited to for come Survivor. back i think once a week is good for me i mm-hmm. can do that but it's hard it's to convince myself of that i i can't See, I just love the I love a TV show when I'm hooked. I find something like a Ted Lasso, right? Where I know the episode's going to be quality. I can wait till it comes out. You get the water cooler talk at the kitchen uh-huh. dirt with the, at the office for the next few days, and then there's the new episode. You could catch up on Only Murders in the Building if you're looking you know for what? something. That's, you know, that's that, I really point. like that one because I thought the first I only watched the first episode uh-huh. and I thought it was decent. Yeah, I really liked it. It's a de- it's a it it stays consistently good. I mean, Steve Martin is and. Oh, I'm blanking on the other one's name. Martin Short. Martin Short. Unbelievable. I love them so much. Yeah. Just the two the two sweetest, funniest comedians. <laughs> they, are, and, they are pretty good. And Selena Gomez is a good kind of anchor for them to to bounce off with. I really like Selena. Yeah? I, I Yeah. She's one of my favorite of the of people that, like, child actors that grew up and didn't lose her mind. You grew up on Selena? Yeah. I mean, okay. she's, she's my age. She's 31. <laughs> she was born in 92. 92 babies are the best babies you'll ever meet. Nah, 2000. On the dot. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> we actually we should have stopped making kids after the year 2000. <laughs> That's what we should have done. Well, Just I, wipe I, out I a whole generation. I made it in there. Phone lines are open 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. I'll be right back on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. If you're enjoying the show, support us. By spreading the word, download the podcast, 
You can search AWOD Radio on Spotify and iTunes to hear each hour of the show every day, plus a full best of hour. It's available for you on your ride home, or you could just download the Odyssey app, have it at your fingertips, search 910 The Fan, You'll hear us Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. Gives you the ability to pause the show, rewind, run some errands, and pick up right where you left off. The Odyssey app is the best app out there for music, play-by-play, and, of course, the best damn sports talk in town. We've still got game day coming up on a final segment of the show today, but joining us right now... On the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is David Harrison, as I want to do a little Commander's Corner here on the fan. David, what's going on, bud? What's up, man? How you been? I'm doing pretty good. Were you able to meet with some of the new assistant coaches yesterday? I was, yeah. I was out there to talk to some of them, yep. What, uh, who impressed you the most? Because I'll say Anthony Lynn was really impressive. Anthony Lynn was definitely impressive, and I think he was definitely someone that everybody wanted to talk to. Uh, I really like what Coach Simmons had to say, the new defense uh, pass game coordinator. Um, you know, just just getting a little bit of insight from him as far as like what his duties are gonna are gonna really be. And you know, obviously they don't want to you know divulge too too much about what those day to day parts of the operations are. But just hearing him talk about uh, just kind of making sure that everybody's on the same page and and being more of a kind of a versatile coach for for Jason Witt to really lean on to kind of do whatever he needs to do. And I think that's just kind of a an important feature of this coaching staff from from top to the bottom, not just Coach Simmons, but uh, his ability to kind of communicate that and and just the the theme between talking to all of the assistants about the physicality they're going to play with, the explosiveness they're after. Like it's it's really cool because the same kind of themes are, are coming across in everybody's conversations, but they're not the exact same words. So they're not scripted words. It just shows that everybody kind of understands the wavelength that they're all trying to get on. Yeah, I mean, the fan base is going to be focused on the quarterback position, but I think we should be, you know, turning our attention to the defensive side of the ball because that's the side of the ball that I believe will improve the most this season under Dan Quinn and Joe Witt. Yeah, it certainly has the potential to. I mean, you look at the previous year's versions of the defense, and I mean, you know, it, it, these guys didn't just forget how to play football, right? Like you've had good versions of this commander's defense over the years, uh, and, you know, I know last year was obviously not that, but it's not because you know players just forgot how to how to do you know do do the do the sport as they would say. It's all about you know like I said, it's about putting the like the coaches will tell you, it's about putting them in the right position and having the right attitude. And I think that's why all the conversations about you know style versus scheme and and all that stuff. Like you know people will will have their preference of odd front defenses, even front defenses. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know it, it's in, it's on the coaching staff to really unlock what each you know version of their defense looks like and, and, and the benefits that it gives you if you can't do that it doesn't matter how many guys you have in the line of scrimmage you're going to lose david so we mentioned anthony lynn and, and you know he kind of uh surprised a lot of people we talked about it a little earlier uh, and michael phillips mentioned it on his show you can hear mp on the mic monday through friday from 10 to 12 noon you know anthony lynn revealed to scott abraham i believe that ron rivera offered him the job last year was that news to you uh, that he was offered the job, certainly. Yeah, I know. I think we all knew there was conversations there. I don't know if anybody had, uh, you know, confirmation that there was an official, you know, offering made. But uh, you know, it, it's it's part of the conversations. There's a lot of conversations that go down in the NFL circles that you know sometimes we get privy or we're, we're privy to, and sometimes we find out after the fact. But I think it just kind of shows that you know there's just there's a lot of layers to everything going on in the NFL that you know we we feel like we have a grasp on. As soon as we think we have a grasp on what's going on, something. Something changes, and, and it's just it's just part of the business, man. Grant and Danny are coming up next from 3 to 6 p.m. right here on 910 The Fan. Uh, but they're currently having a discussion right now about the best free agent edge rushers. 
Uh, what mm-hmm. position do you think Washington should target first in free agency? I mean, the the edge is certainly you know one one part of that, and, and obviously you know the now you get into the conversations of are they going with more of a of a reduced odd front because if you are, then you're most likely looking at like stand up outside linebacker types and. Uh, you know, he's not a free agent, but a guy like Hassan Reddick, who is potentially on the trade market, even though he said he wants to stay in Philly, but then he's been given permission and all that back and forth. Like, you know, he's, 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 a, he's a guy that at least they could add from an external addition standpoint, maybe not a free agent. Uh, but then on the other side of the trenches, too, the offensive line. I mean, I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, and even talking to some of the assistant coaches, like you talk to linebacker coach Ken Norton Jr., and even though he's, you know, his responsible, uh, he's responsible for the linebackers, he's a, you know, uh, a linebacker legend himself, like he'll even tell you, like the the defensive front is where the whole thing starts. Uh, so if, if that's not secure, then you know it does, I'm not gonna say it doesn't matter what you have behind it, but obviously it impacts everything. And then the offensive line is the same thing for the offense. So you want to see the team get better in the trenches. Uh, I really like what KJ Henry and Andre Jones Jr. did as rookies, as far as showing potential and flashes. Uh, but I think you know that that's certainly the edges is not a not a position that you can call secure at this time. So last time we spoke, David, <clears throat> I made it clear. I'm a Caleb Williams guy. I'm all in on Caleb. Yeah. But I also said Caleb or bust. Well, since then I've retracted that statement. I'm starting to become uh, a Drake May guy. I- I'm a May mm. supporter now. I'm a May man. What do you think of Drake May? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's certainly potential there. You know, I think that really anybody you talk to, like if you talk to a Caleb Williams guy, a Drake May guy, a Jane Daniels guy, like you're all correct. You know what I mean? Like everybody's correct. There's absolutely potential for, for any of those three guys uh, to be a franchise leader. And if you want to get deeper in it, you know, the guys like Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. I think like J.J. McCarthy, I think is probably the most incur- or, uh, intriguing to me from like the second batch of, of quarterbacks as far as a long-term solution. I don't, I don't think I would thrust uh, J.J. out there year one by any means. But, you know, I think, you know, speaking of those top three guys, like it's interesting because it really is. It's a Goldilocks situation. Like, which you know, which flavor do you like the most? Uh, it makes the most sense to your football theology, and that's the person that you're probably going to fall in love with. If you know, but with the with the Washington Commanders, it's it's kind of you know being able to fall in love with the prospect, but also being able to fall in love with the plan for the prospect. You know what I mean? Like in a vacuum, this this these talent evaluators may like Caleb Williams more, but at the end of the day, if they look at Drake May and and play and you know game game plan and say what if Drake's our quarterback? What if James our quarterback? And they love those plans, then that can make you fall in love with the player if that makes sense. So I mean, I think you have an opportunity to win with any of these three guys. It's just about how the coaches best utilize that person's skill set. You know, we're excited here in, in Richmond for the Washington Commanders off season. It's the most important off season I believe in the past twenty years, and I yeah. personally like the hire of Dan Quinn, who's brought in Joe Witt and Cliff Kingsbury. But we played a clip today from The Ringer, their podcast, uh, talking about these guys. And, you know, I thought it was quite interesting when they said, these are known commodities. Benjamin Solak said, these are known commodities. Dan Quinn, Cliff Kingsbury, Joe Witt. I just don't like the sum of these parts. How would you respond to that? I mean, you know, they're a known commodity because they obviously have history and they have histories that people have figured out. I think when you're looking on the outside, from the outside looking in, it's easy to get into uh, that kind of a mode. And I think that's where you have to, at this point in time, just kind of listen to to what they're saying and, and how they're talking. You know, you look at, you know, I just mentioned Coach Simmons, the defense pass game coordinator. Like, he knows Joe Wood Jr. from their time together in Green Bay. But since they worked together in Green Bay, they have each been to many different organizations and they've both been exposed to several different coaching staffs and methods and techniques and ideas. And they learned their own lessons. So, you know, the old 
you know, Joe Witt Jr. that you're getting from Green Bay or Dallas or, or Cleveland or any of his other stops, you know, those, that's not necessarily the same guy as long as he's going to put into practice what uh, has been said. And, you know, Dan Quinn has talked about evolving and, and wanting uh, to learn through his mistakes. And, you know, I even asked him in his press conference about uh, the very noticeable shift that he had from his time in Atlanta and before Atlanta and Seattle uh, from running four down linemen for, for most of his career. And in the last three years in Dallas, he's been running with mostly three down linemen. That's, a, that's an incredible shift in football theology that you don't usually see. Um, so, you know, that shows you that at least in some measure uh, you have a coaching staff that is willing and, and available to adapt and learn. And that's, that's the key, right? I mean, if, if the same old Cliff Kingsbury, the same old Dan Quinn come out, then Benjamin Solak can be proven right. So, uh, you know, I, I don't blame anybody for wanting to take the I'll believe it when I see it standpoint. Right now we're mostly reacting off the we'll believe it when we hear it, you know, and, and that's, that's just what you have to go off of right now. But, again, the, the actions are going to speak louder than the words, uh, you know, because, I mean, we, we had these same conversations about uh, EB a year ago. You know, he was saying all the right things and talking about adapting to his roster. And then, you know, at the end of the season, we're all talking about how he was taking a first-year quarterback and making him throw away too much and not adapting. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the play on the field is going to dictate what their reputation becomes, not the words right now. But we're all reacting off of what they're saying, not what they're going to do. Franchise tag deadline day, March 5th. Will Washington end up tagging anyone? I would be surprised if they did. I don't I don't I don't think so, no. And so Cameron Curl, will he be on the roster next year? You know, that's that's very interesting and, and these coaches are all being very, very smart, but very tight lipped on player evaluations right now and, and not really tipping their hand on what they feel about certain guys. You know, the the big names are obviously there, but yeah, I can't really get a beat on what this coaching staff and what you know these talent evaluators and Adam Peters uh, feel about Cam Curl. I think that Cam has a as a, as a versatile skill set, and especially with the injury to Derek Forrest, I don't know uh, you know how much you want to want to assume that he's going to be able to provide when he comes back. Obviously, you're hopeful he gets back to his normal production, but you know, uh, given that that whole thing, depending on the contract demands and all that, I would I I would absolutely love to see Cam. Uh, come back, you know he's he's a he's a good part of that defense, and I think that any defensive coordinator with any amount of creativity is going to be able to use a guy like that. David, always appreciate the time. Before we let you go, I, I did want to mention uh, Washington fans all remember the name Mike Sellers, and uh, there's a yeah. GoFundMe right now. We can tweet it out at nine ten the fan at a wide radio quality of life for Mike Sellers, uh, organized by his family. Do you have any stories, any memories of Mike? I don't have any stories. I've never, you know, got to meet him, but just, you know, being a football fan growing up, I mean, like you said, like that's a name. You know, I, I, I feel I'm blessed. I, I wasn't raised uh, to, to have one team that I'm a fan of. My, my father wasn't a fan of any one team in the NFL, so I kind of grew up the same way. So I got to be a fan of guys like Ken Norton Jr., even though I wasn't a Cowboys or a 49ers fan. And, and my sellers, that's, that's a name that I grew up, uh, you know, knowing and, and, and just appreciating the way that the game was played. So, yeah, to see what – uh, he and his family are, are dealing with is, is you know heartbreaking, but uh, encouraging is you know you're seeing a lot of the screen grabs and the tweets of people that are supporting him and coming through and and so yeah so I mean that's 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 definitely the better part of humanity so I'm glad that you're you're putting that out there as well. Absolutely, uh, Joe Gibbs donated ten thousand yeah. dollars as they've already raised eighty eight thousand and one hundred and fifty dollars uh, in the last few days. Great stuff, David. Always appreciate it. If people want to check out their work, where your work, where should they go? Yeah, I mean, a lot's on Commander, so plugging away five days a week. I'll be at the Scouting Combine next week, and uh, we don't have our, our official plans down, but I feel like you're probably going to have about a 10 or 11 episodes of my Combine thoughts between Locked On Commanders and Locked On NFL, and then, of course, uh, CommanderCountry.com as well. Awesome. Love it. I'll be checking it out. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fan.
Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Stop, I did think it was funny that the NBA spent three days in Indiana and was like, never again. They upped their requirements <laughs> for what it takes to host an all-star game. You now need to have 7,250 hotel rooms and a minimum of three five-star hotels. I love that. That's how you get celebrities to come to town. Yep. A convention center of 650,000 square feet of exhibition space, 75 nonstop domestic flights, at least 20 international flights. I mean, whose decision was it to bring the NBA All-Star festivities to Indy? We talked uh, about yeah. this. I literally br- I mentioned it on air. You I did. said you did. Everybody was just in Vegas for the Super Bowl. Who the hell's going to want to spend an, a weekend in Indy after that? The literally the next weekend, it was a bust. And, and then you have the dunk contest being so bad. Uh, I mean, the All-Star yeah. game, no defense. Yeah. Fun celebrity game. So <laughs> I, I also found out it hasn't been in D.C. since 2001. And I think that's just weird. I guess we haven't had maybe a good enough team since then for them to want to come here. Part of the reason I think they went to Indy is because that is a, a, a rising team, uh, a team on the rise with Tyrese Halliburton, uh, Pascal Siakam, and Miles Turner. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I'm all about all-star festivities being in big cities. That's one way to fix it. Yeah, that just makes sense. Right. Like where people can go to it. Yeah. Like uh, Right? Like, obviously. Yeah. No, I. Uh, you think the celebrity game would have been better if they had more celebrities in attendance? Yeah, prob- probably you know? would. <laughs> yeah, probably would have been better. All right. Uh, yesterday at 245, I gave out the Champions League matchup between uh, – um, Arsenal and Napoli as my sporting event of the day. And uh, turns out the other soccer game was the better game. Now, mine wasn't a bad game at all. It finished 1-1. But Arsenal was stunned in the 94th minute uh, with a goal, uh, uh, an amazing goal from Porto. And uh, it just... You know, it's that's why the Champions League is so good. Is that game means so much to not just Porto, but like all the soccer fans from Portugal, right? It's like that's why I love the Champions League. It's like countries against other countries. Portugal against England. Porto wins one nothing. So that was my uh, sporting event of the day. What was yours? I had the Dukes and the Hokies going at it in baseball out in Harrisonburg. And it started off looking pretty bad. JMU was up six one. Wow! Up into like the fourth, into this going into the sixth inning, it was six one. Uh, Tech had a big comeback, made it seven seven. Bottom of the ninth, Duke had it. They got it up to no eight way. seven. No way! JMU yeah. with a walk off. Yep. So it, it was tough. I, I I shouted out Carson Demartini as one of their best players. He got a home run for uh, oh, uh, four. Runners batted in, and uh, yeah, so it was a good game. I, I I brought up we should maybe have a competition. Who picked the better one? You had a tie. I didn't have a tie. I think, I think I gotta take this one. I'll give you the win. It's time for game day. Every day on AWOD Radio is game day. Home of the biggest sports fans in town at 910 The Fan. There's always something to watch. We will spotlight the best sporting event of the day here on... Game day. Yeah, right back and I'm here. I got the whole team in here now. It's feeling like game day in this game day. We are the underdogs of the year. We ranking number one on the list. We put in overtime, so we ready for overtime at the clock. Give it hits. Gang day. Gang day. All right, I love NBA TNT games here on Thursday night. Part of that's because I just love Inside the NBA. I think it it really is uh, the best sports show for 
fans of basketball. If you're looking for the best soccer show, I believe that is Champions League today with Kate Abdo, Micah Richards, Jamie Carragher, and the great, the legend, Thierry Henry. Uh, but in terms of basketball, like that's the best show inside the NBA. It's always funny with Shaq and Barkley. And you've got two good games tonight on TNT. I'm staying away from the late one. Lakers, Warriors. Look, both those teams are struggling. They're in the play-in tournament currently. And LeBron is out. There was so much for Ooh, yeah. uh, you know playing in the All-Star game. LeBron misses the first game following the All-Star break. Warriors will probably win. But there's a good one tonight on TNT, the first game at 8 p.m. That's the Suns against the Mavericks. Uh, two teams that are fighting for between the fourth and the seventh spot in the NBA's Western Conference. And you get Kevin Durant against Kyrie Irving. And that is what I'm looking forward to. You also get Devin Booker against Luka Doncic. Uh, the Mavericks are coming in this game on a six-game win streak. The Suns on a two-game win streak. Mavericks 32-23. and 23, Suns 33-22. and 22. So this game really could kind of mix up the standings in the NBA's Western Conference as we get ready for the postseason, which is just uh, two months away here in basketball. Uh, it's going to be an interesting second half of the season because like I was talking about on the fast break with AWOD, Minnesota being the number one seed in the Western Conference is just wild. Like, I get it. Anthony Edwards, one of the rising stars in the league. Carl Anthony Towns won the three-point contest uh, last year. He's certainly a good outside shooter. And Rudy Gobert's a good defender. But they're 39-16. and 16. They've got a game-and-a-half lead on everybody in the Western Conference. They've been better than the Denver Nuggets, better than the Clippers, better than the Suns, who are paying millions of dollars uh, to their talent. I mean, it's shocking to me being a basketball fan, seeing Minnesota in first place and cruising right now in the Western Conference. So I'll have my eyes on the NBA tonight on TNT. My sporting event of the day is Phoenix against the Dallas Mavericks. Gang day. Gang day. I had to go with a pretty obvious pick here, I think, to everyone, and that would be the ACC Indoor Track and Field Championships, okay. which began today. Uh, a couple of events are currently running. They started at 11, as both the women's pentathlon and the men's heptathlon are currently underway uh, for the ACC. Uh, currently leading in the, the women's pentathlon, uh, we have Brianna Smith from Duke. Jaden O'Brien from Notre Dame and Lydia Bottelier from Pittsburgh. Uh, no Virginia Tech or UVA in the top 14, <laughs> which is being shown here. And then in the men's side, we have Edgar Camper from Miami, Paul Kallenberg from Louisville, and then Nathaniel Paris and Sean Murphy, both from Virginia Tech, taking third and fourth. So I'm looking at the events here, You know, the triple jump, the shot yeah. put, the 400-meter, the men's 60-meter. Which of these, the heptathlon, I've never even heard of the hep, you know, <laughs> uh, which of these events do you think would be the most fun to watch? Well, the HEP is, is multiple events. So they okay. got the 60-meter long jump, shot put, high jump, 60-meter hurdles, pole vault, 1,000 meters, which I believe it, it, it's just one person from each school or two people from each school doing all of those back-to-back. -back. But they've been going since 11, so I think they get a little bit of a break. Okay. So I would that, that one by default. But otherwise, I would, I would say, say the pole vault. Men's pole, pole vault is going to be today at 4 p.m. I would go with uh, the DMR, which is at 7. That's a, that's a rally. That's a that's a race rally, you know, hand off the baton kind of thing. Oh, that's a good one. Too. Yeah, that's Those a good one. I think I'll be watching out for that one. Uh, that was always my favorite thing in, in PE class was to hand off the baton, but always try to like 
toss it a little bit. You did a little, do a little, little toss. You know, sometimes your teammate would drop it. And you finish in last okay. place, but you know, you're always trying to cheat the system yeah. a little bit. I was just, I, I like sprinting, so oh, really? I might, I might look into the 200 meters. Yeah, that does. That was kind of 200, 400 was kind of what I was best at. Yeah. Because uh, those are the unfun ones. So the <laughs> track and field ACC indoor championships are going on right now. The Olympics are around the corner. We haven't heard much from JC. Is he training for the producer Olympics? I, don't I know, know you are. I am. I I, I got on an elliptical uh, last night. Yeah. Realized it was a like a slanted one, like a hill climbing one. Not for you. I did it, but uh, it was a lot. <laughs> my legs <laughs> are in so much pain. Oh my gosh! But I'm I've been training my legs. I'm ready to outrun. Yeah, so you think you could beat him in a sprinter, a sprinting competition? I think I could beat anyone in the office in a sprint competition. I, I wouldn't challenge you. <laughs> uh, Gary Hess might have something to say about that. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All He's right. a gamer. Gary's I'll, a I'll gamer. I'll take his word for it. Yeah, he'll step up to the plate. Yeah, I, I don't think Michael Phillips is very fast. Unless no. he's trying to catch an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> so so training that. And you know, elliptical gets some arms. Hopefully, I'll be able to do some good push-ups. But I'm training. Elliptical's not going to help you. with No, push-ups. you got the arms. They, there's arm it's, resistance. His arm resistance is not much, dude. No, not if you put the level up. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anyone that uses the elliptical to get better at push-ups. <laughs> it's more of an endurance thing I'm working on yeah. right now. You know, I'm yeah. going to have more. Just... All right, producer Olympics are coming up over the next few months here as we get ready for. The actual Summer Olympics. It's Grant and Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.